1: Hey everyone, we're pumped to be able to share an exclusive trailer with you after the show. From Blue Wire Studios comes Golden Goal Stories of Soccer Legends. Narrated by fellow Blue Wire host Brandon Kelly, each Monday, two new episodes will take a look into some of soccer's biggest stars and the moments that define their careers. From Holland, Messi, Rappino, and many more, each episode will focus in on the historical plays and personalities that make the sport great. So stay tuned after the episode and listen to Golden Goal, stories of soccer legends, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Hello folks, Colm Kelly here from Rotoviz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know, as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now on the Rotoviz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools. and sets you up perfect for the NFL season. All you have to do is add the code 2020 rvradio at checkout or by going to Rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information and of course while you're listening to the podcast on the network helps us out a lot if you can write and review on your favorite podcast app i really do appreciate that as i mentioned at the start wrote of his overtime with sean siegel twice a week if you haven't already checked it out be sure to do so after this show but let's get straight into it enjoy the podcast
1: What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. And today we are back with some uh, a quick recap of the week that was at the Memorial, and then we are going to do a couple of things to look ahead to the 3M Open, and uh, also touch on one of the Game Theory pieces uh, that's posted at Rotavas over the past couple of weeks. So. Uh, yeah if uh if you've been following along so far this year uh with the cash locks we we've hit a little bit of a rough patch here unfortunately. um overall it the numbers have been have been a little bit uh lower than last year, but for the most part uh we're we're pretty much uh, humming along for the entire season, so we've hit two winners um out of the 16 events we've had four top fives seven top tens 18 uh top 25s and 24 out of the 28 uh potential uh cut makers have made the cut so just uh just a shade above 85% um which obviously we we would prefer that number uh above 90 but uh i guess 2 weeks ago and the, the week before last, we, uh, we went one for one, uh one for two. So um that, that dropped our, dropped our percentages down a little bit, but uh, you know, if, if you followed, if you followed along in uh, with PGA DFS for uh, any amount of time, you know that the, uh, the carnage can, can come grab you uh, just about whenever it feels like. So um, as far as this week goes, we uh it, it was it was almost like a, a flip happened with the cash locks uh after after the first uh, the first day i I was feeling you know halfway decent about uh both of them, and then we went through the rest of the week and it was kind of like uh you know the the course toughened up obviously over the weekend. we had um just a just a very a very weird week overall so if uh, if you weren't following along last week uh we we rolled with Abraham answer at 8500 and Patrick Reed at 8400 for the cash locks um the it looked like it was just going to be a complete disaster overall um like Patrick Reed literally couldn't, could not do anything right. I was, I was, uh, texting back and forth with Hassan, Hassan, who writes over at Rotoviz too. And, um, just, just constant, constant tilt. Um, you know, he looked fine on Thursday. Then he comes out on Friday and shoots a 76, um, to you know, just, just basically barely make the cut And then, um, goes 70, 71 on the weekend, which typically wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be something that we are too happy with, but that was actually kind of a a decent outcome as far as the weekend went. Because, um, if you notice, I I don't know, uh, I, I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I cannot imagine there were many, uh, many golfers that were more than one or two under, uh, on, on Sunday, uh, Fitzpatrick got there. Xander Shoffley got there, and Carl Peterson, obviously, Carl Peterson uh, got there as well. So uh, three guys out of the um, out of all the guys that made the cut managed to shoot a two under or better on Sunday. So obviously, a lot of carnage to be had. Um, answer finished t fifty eight. You know, he looked he looked halfway decent. Through the the first three rounds, came out on Sunday. Shot a seventy nine. Never uh, never got anything. Never really got anything going on Sunday. I think he. I'm just pulling it up now. So he did. He birdied the first two holes. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, maybe we were in business. Then he goes on to uh, par the next four. Then he goes bogey 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 double double um over the next five holes so he went from went from 2 under to 5 over uh rather quickly and he was just shot after that uh went two over the rest of the way ended up just barely breaking 80 um not not exactly what you are looking for from uh from anybody that you roster and definitely Definitely unfortunate that it came from uh, cash lock. So he wound up T-58 uh, with 44 DraftKings points. Not not our best. Um, And I kind of got sidetracked there, but Reed actually was playing pretty well on Sunday. Um, He almost looked like he could end up finishing like second or third, depending on uh, how everybody else sort of shook out uh, he was four under when, or I'm sorry, five under when the weather delay hit and, uh, came back from that weather delay, went bogey double, bogey, uh, to finish with a 71, which, um, you know, theoretically is, was totally fine on Sunday compared to what a lot of golfers, uh, were putting up. But the, the entire, um, that stretch just pulled him completely out of it. Like, even if he, you know, goes to o- one or two over instead, um, we're looking at like a top six finish. Uh, so that would have been nice. But he ended up with a top 10. So I can't really complain too, too much. Um, finished with 73 and a half DraftKings points, which again, for, for a week with, Uh, so much carnage I think was, was a pretty decent outcome, uh, especially after, uh, he shot that 76 on Friday, uh, just barely made the cut and felt like maybe he could just, he could just eject from there and, uh, and not really, not really care much about the weekend, but he, he pulled it, he pulled out, you know, some, some extra birdies for us, some extra points, which is always nice. Um, Moving on with the lineup, uh, I had Jason Kokrak in there uh, as sort of my, my super low-owned uh, punt play, and he withdrew after the first round, uh, scored, <laughs> scored six and a half DraftKings points, which is not, again, not exactly uh, the, the outcome that we were searching for. Uh, so pretty much after Thursday, I knew that this lineup was dead in the water so i didn't i didn't like fully i didn't fully appreciate or engage in the tilt that should have come with uh with the rest of this lineup so at the top for my my two most expensive plays of the week uh Dustin Johnson i talked about him uh, a bit in the article a bit in the uh in the show with Evan last week He was at ten thousand three hundred. It appeared that his ownership was going to be pretty low, and those are the guys, uh, you know, per the game theory stuff that I've been working on. That we want to be targeting because the, uh, you know, that the the range of outcomes for golfers in the ninety five hundred and up range really, um, really don't call for anybody to be super low owned unless there's unless there's a real uh, you know, news reason for it. Um, you know, an injury thing, uh, where they're trying to tee it up anyway and, and just see what happens. Things like that obviously need to be factored in. So you need to, you need to pay attention to that kind of stuff. But, um, there was nothing like that with Dustin Johnson. In fact, the last time that we saw him, he won, uh, he won the tournament. So (laughs) you would, you would think that a guy who basically was at the, at the same, uh, same price range coming off of a win and being low owned seemed a little bit odd to me. And he promptly went out and uh, didn't break 80 on Thursday or Friday. So uh, he shot exactly 80 both days, finished tied for 126th. And, um, you know, he got, he got that cool lefty shot, uh, which, you know, really, Really helped out, helped everybody out uh, with their lineups, but sixteen and a half DraftKings points, just just brutal um, to to pay that much for somebody and get the miscut uh, is is obviously uh, a worst case worst case scenario. Even without the cold-crack withdraw, um, you know the the lineup is automatically hamstrung. Um, when that when that sort of thing happens and then not to mention on top of that fact I also rostered Webb who, who was at 9600 um, also low-ish owned right lower owned than um, then pr- he probably should have been and he went out and shot uh, 70 176 74 only scored 24 and a half DraftKings points missed the cut uh, barely finished inside the top 100 um which you know again <laughs> not uh either one of those outcomes between DJ and Webb would have been pretty terrible uh you know uh, uh, alone on their own but to to get that uh that combo in there at such low ownership at such a high price to then have them both miss the cut uh was definitely definitely a little frustrating but again Kokrak saved me from that tilt because I didn't even, I didn't even look at this lineup again after he withdrew because you just knew, uh, obviously you know when what if you're already starting off with a five of six best case scenario, uh, you're certainly not going to win, um, win much money at all, and definitely not in you know a 75, 75 person field with only a couple of a uh, couple of places with uh that are actually going to cash you're just not gonna you're not gonna see any uh any good outcomes from that um and then rounding out the lineup was Henrik Norlander he was uh just stupid criminally underpriced from DraftKings I know that that's a shocking revelation uh that DraftKings could make a mistake like that but um the, these kind of these kinds of guys if they're 6300 and they're projected for any ownership at all um they're typically excellent bets i didn't even bother writing up uh a game theory piece for go- the guys that are under 6500 cuz they're just it's so rare that any of them see any ownership to begin with um but when they when they actually do see ownership it's it's almost always worthwhile to, to eat that chalk when they're that cheap and that owned um, it, there, there are very few instances of guys who hit, you know, even 3% ownership in this range. But when you, when you're talking about a guy who's going to see like six to 10% ownership in some, in some contests, and it wasn't like, it wasn't like really a, a well-kept secret that he, that he was a good, uh, you know, a quote unquote sleeper or whatever you want to call it. Um, I think, I think those guys are automatic. I'm sure there's a ton of people that disagree with me on that and think that, um, you know, maybe the, maybe the price is there for a reason or whatever, but uh, I trust the community to identify uh, a golfer that is that underpriced um, for me, even if I didn't, even if I didn't realize it myself. So he ended up finished uh, finishing tied for sixth, mostly on the strength of his Friday uh, sixty six. He went, um, yeah. He he ended up finishing with seventy six and a half DraftKings points, which again was a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid output considering the scoring conditions. Um, so yeah, Norlander uh, was was for sure uh, in play last week. He was in play the week before. Um, it remains it remains to be seen uh, whether or not he is in play uh, this week because of the price jump. I I'll have to go back and look. Uh, I don't I don't know that there are many instances, even maybe outside of like you know going from uh, like going into the Puerto Rico Open or some like weird. Uh, some weird event like that i don't know that there are many people that have gone from 6300 one week to 8600 the the following week regardless of um regardless of field strength regardless of how they've played i mean we we saw last week we talked about it there were winners uh, that the winners that we have in the database typically only see like a a 500 to like maybe an uh, 1100 1200 price increase so to see over $2000 jump in price is is exceedingly rare so uh, definitely definitely something to think about um, and we'll we'll talk about that more on the show with Evan tomorrow um, once we uh, once we parse through some of that uh, before I jump into the rest of the show, I just want to remind you guys about Bet Online. They're our presenting sponsor. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action for this week's big UFC fight, the PGA tournament, or check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League can't wait for your team to come back bet online has futures odds including win totals division winners and even league championships or you can check out the sims that they have running to watch and wager on visit betonline.ag and use promo code bluewire to receive your new welcome bonus that's promo code bluewire bet online your online wagering experts okay so we're uh, we're running running a little bit long uh, on the on the show so I think we are going to just jump right in to uh, some of the lessons from the optimizer that we are seeing so far. Uh, I don't, I, I don't have any ownership projections or anything yet. So these are all just uh, just based on the model itself. But um, we can we can pull this up here and we can take a look. So I wrote this article. Uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was the week Bryson one. Um, just going through a few of the different things, uh, a few of the different ways that I use the the optimizer. Um the first thing that I always do is just open it up, set it to run hundred lineups and put the max excuse me, put the max exposures at fifty percent. So there it it's you know impossible for the optimizer to put them in more than half the lineups. Um what you're what you're looking at here if you are following along in the stream, you are seeing the golfers uh that the optimizer wants us to have at least 20% ownership uh or you know, 20% exposure to uh based on that particular build. So you have uh actually a bunch of golfers that that ended up with 50%, you have Fleetwood uh, Will Gordon, Brendan Todd, Cameron Tringali, Harris English, Matthew Neesmith, and Vaughn Taylor, Paul Casey, and Tony Finau. That's obviously um, if you did that. If you did that with with 100 lineups, or 150 lineups, and put 50 percent on all of those guys, um, you know, I'm I'm about as aggressive as they come when it's uh, when it comes to 150 lineup builds with my exposures and even that would be uh would be pretty absurd to go that heavy on that many golfers uh in the same pool so um the the other two guys that make the list are bryce garnett and max homa uh i think that the the will gordon thing is a um a function of the small sample that we have on him in the in the power ranking model right now, I'm pulling it up. Um, yeah, should have had that up before, but, uh, in the, in the actual power ranking scores right now, he comes in as fifth. Um, but obviously he's a guy that we have not seen that we have not seen a ton from, uh, we don't, I don't even think we're up to fifty rounds uh, on him in the model. So I would certainly take that with a grain of salt. Um, I, I wouldn't say uh, that he is the guy that I'm for sure locking in at this moment. Um, but it, this is always a cool way to see uh, who the optimizer really likes. like the that that whole group uh, with that's locked in at fifty percent. Uh, the optimizer and the power ranking models, obviously, obviously really like. So uh, those guys are definitely going to be in my pool somehow. Uh, Harris English. I feel, um, I feel pretty strongly about finding a way to get exposure to this week. Um, and obviously like Fleetwood returning is a whole nother conversation, uh, which we'll have on the show with Evan tomorrow. But um yeah, Harris English is definitely a guy who I feel like I want to. Um, I probably want to be prioritizing this week. He's nine thousand um, dollars. He's been in the top twenty each of the past two weeks, and um, yeah, he's shown some upside this year. Right, he had a he had a top ten back in March uh, before we before we shut down for a little bit there. So um, he's been playing. He's been playing solid golf this year for the most part. Uh, And obviously in this field, I think that, I think there's definitely a case, uh, a case to be made for him. So if we, uh, if we switch the, the second and final run that I did with the optimizer was going through and saying, um, all right, so let's, let's lock in the top two power ranking scores in uh in the optimizer and just you know just see what it see what it spits out so um if you are if you don't have it in front of you right now or you're not watching you're not watching the stream uh tommy fleetwood has the highest score he's the one with the 100 this week um and then next would be tony finau now because of price and because of his score in the power ranking uh the optimizer actually put in 100 will gordon as well again that's not to say that's not to say that that's something that we're actually going to be doing this week um but the if you're using the optimizer over at rotoviz uh just just beware that a 7700 hundred dollar golfer with um with over a 92 power ranking score is just, they're just always going to be uh, the optimizer is just always going to be finding a way to try and get them into the lineup. So um, if you don't want a lot of exposure to Will Gordon, which it's, you know, that, that part's up to you. Uh, If you don't, I would suggest limiting the exposure uh, pretty heavily because the, the optimizer is going to max it out. Like there's no, there's no doubt in my mind that if you're building, uh, you know, you're building ten lineups and you put that you only want twenty percent Will Gordon, you're for sure getting twenty percent of Will Gordon from the optimizer this week. Um, going through the rest of the list, we see some some names that we saw on the first run. We see uh, Nee Smith and Tringali, um, Kokrak, Since I since I did this, Kokrac withdrew. Um, so we will, we'll we'll ignore him. Um, but Chase Seifert actually is interesting. So the, the optimizer only wants him in about 11% of the lineups this week. Uh, and I think that that's, I think that's, that's perfectly fair. He's, he's been a little bit all over the place, uh, which shouldn't really shock you because he, I mean, he's, he's pretty, uh, He's pretty much done that the entire time that he's been on the PGA tour. Um, But he does seem to be playing well right now. He finished fourth last week, uh, two weeks ago, rather at the workday charity open. This is obviously a much weaker field. There's a few guys at the top that you, that you're probably uh, a little bit scared of, but outside of that, I mean, you can, you can go on a little streak and, uh, and pass a lot of the, the, the scrubs in this field. So, I think that I think you could do a lot worse than Chase Seifert. Um, And yeah, we'll we'll go through and and talk about a lot more of these guys on the on the show tomorrow with Evan. Uh, I was I I guess I'll save I'll save the um, the game theory piece and discussion for next week. Um, But essentially, uh, like I said before, I guess we dove into it a little bit. But like I said before, if you're talking about golfers that are below 6,500, so the absolute cheapest guys, basically, if they're if they're projected to have any sort of ownership above like three or four percent, um, historically those bets have worked out. Those golfers have have returned value um, and managed to uh you know manage to pay off obviously there's always going to be a ton of um a ton of variance with those guys but I think that you uh you likely have a, a pretty reasonable ceiling for uh for a guy that's like 6,300 and and five or six percent on like Norlander um and I think I think that that's I think that's fine playing that way. I think you you eat that chalk and you make some some different decisions elsewhere. So um, that's what that's what's happened historically. Again, the normal caveats that it it doesn't mean that it's going to work every single week. Um, but I think that a lot of the stuff that we do here at Rotoviz is is, is structured around the idea that if you continually make better decisions within these small edges that we might find, um, you'll be profitable over the long term. whether it's the best ball win rate stuff that a lot of the, that the guys are doing, uh, on the NFL side right now, or whether it's the game theory stuff. I think it's super important that you make, um, you make those decisions consistently so that you can see, um, you know, over time that they actually, that they actually work. So, uh, hopefully that makes sense. Again, we will be back. Uh, we'll be streaming live, uh, right around seven 30 tomorrow. And, uh, if you miss it, you can obviously find us over at Rotovis radio. If you are are not, are not subscribed to our feed already, please do so. The bogey free feed. Uh, if you want to drop us, uh, a rating review, a little five-star action, uh, we would greatly appreciate it. So uh, good luck with the beginning of your research, and we will talk tomorrow. See you. This
2: is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi
1: takes everybody off. Messi has got it!
2: From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2 nil, and he's... Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue
1: Wire. Oh, it tweets it automatically. It Look at that. There we go. All right. That was perfect. I can see, I can see the dimension. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at myself. It's Look at this. It's great. I'm going to have to cut all this out when we... Uh... All right. I'll do like the real... I'll do like the real beginning. Just we'll do like three seconds of nothing and then we'll, like, we're just, like little children right now. That's fun. <laughs> Great viewing. All right. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> I tried.